0: So the day after we recorded this episode that you're about to listen to, we got the sad news that Anthony Bourdain had passed. And before we start this episode, we wanted to acknowledge the impact he's had on our career and just our creativity. I
1: followed Bourdain's career for years and was heavily inspired by the work that he made. And I always thought one day that I would get to actually work with him. There was just something about him where I felt like I related to him. And I think a lot of that was just the way that he related to other people in his work. He was extremely honest and empathetic. One of the biggest takeaways for me was one episode of Parts Unknown, where he's in Vietnam and he sits down with Barack Obama. And in that episode, I think more time was actually given just to the people that he met on the street. He was such a populist in the way of, of treating everyone the same way with respect. And that's always stuck with me.
0: So we just wanted to start the episode by, by acknowledging Anthony Bourdain and saying thank you for the inspiration that, that we've gotten from him and, and the way he told stories and the way he moved about the world. Bourdain will continue to live on through the people that he's inspired.
1: So with that, clearly mental health is something to be taken seriously. And it is a conversation that we seem to be having more often with the creatives that we work with. And it's just fitting that it happens to be the topic for this episode of the Colin and Samir podcast.
0: So today on the show, we are back in Los Angeles after two weeks of being on the road. And these two weeks started here in L.A. at something called Buffer Festival.
1: Buffer Festival, if you don't know, is a film festival specifically for YouTubers. So they debut new videos they have coming out at the festival before it actually comes out on their YouTube channel.
0: And we've said this across all of our platforms and probably will continue to say it. I feel like I want to say it to our audience as much as possible so that people hold us accountable for this. But one of our biggest goals is to put a film in a film festival. So a film festival that's specifically tailored for YouTubers is so cool to go to and and find out about. And it was kind of like any type of content, like it was short form, there were some longer forms.
1: There was narrative stuff there that looked like it was ready for Hollywood. There were vlogs, really, like all types of things: songs, sketches. It was pretty interesting. I, I had no idea what to expect going into it.
0: Yeah, so it was awesome. We we got invited kind of last minute and and went to go check it out. There was like a cool networking event. One of the coolest creators we met, you know, someone we've always wanted to meet is Elle Mills. Uh, and when I say always, I mean in the last year because she's really risen to be in like the public eye quote unquote, or, or YouTube eye, uh, in the past year.
1: Elle Mills is a Canadian YouTuber. She's 19 years old, I think 19 or 20 years old. And in one year she became one of the biggest YouTubers on the platform. And after high school, she said that was a goal of hers.
0: Yeah. So like totally very inspirational. The type of content she does is really interesting and unique. Um, and the, the reason why we're talking about all of this and uh, and Buffer Festival and everything, it's like it was we've just kind of been working really hard right before a big trip of ours. And, and we went to Buffer Festival and and a ton of people created really impactful content, like very artistic content, very personal content and all kind of led up to this premiere of Elle Mills video, uh, which was the last video of the evening, which was all about mental health and social media.
1: So Elle Mills became a huge star. Within a year, she was on tour. And two weeks before the film festival, she had put out a tweet saying that she would not be at some of the tour stops, that she was taking care of her mental health. And her video that she premiered was all about sort of what was happening during those two weeks when she took a break.
0: So it's, it's a very... Uh like, it's a very, very impactful video when you watch it. It's kind of like there's, like, some shocking, like, like moments that are that are really, really intense and kind of detail her, uh, you, you know, trajectory of being kind of, like, overwhelmed mentally and, and depressed and um, a lot of very intense, intense emotions in that video. And I think it just, uh, you know, kind of hit us in a really interesting way that night.
1: Especially considering that morning, Samir and I were making a video and we were pretty stressed out not only that morning, but I think two months leading up prior to that, we were coming in every day and not really laughing as much, not smiling as much.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. I mean, it's like started to like, pressure started to build and like when pressure starts to build creatively, I think that's when you put so much pressure on each piece and like, if it comes out and doesn't do exactly what you thought, it's like immediately a failure. And, uh, that changes your entire dynamic creatively. Cause once you start racking things up as, as failures or things that didn't go right or things that aren't making you happy, then like you said, you're not smiling, you're not laughing. And like the whole point of creating content is, um, to like have fun and, and put out your emotions into different artistic forms.
1: Yeah. I think that second point is the most important. It's all about self-expression, right? Like connecting with other people and taking ideas and thoughts that you have and putting them into a form that can be shared and everything at buffer fest, no matter what format it was in had some sort of message that came directly from the creator.
0: Yeah, and and you know, I think the important piece like Elle Mills is massive. Like she like she had a million people watching her every move or still does. Um, you know, and that kind of pressure, that's like, I mean, that's gotta be so much for a 19 year old who explodes on the scene and people expect something out of her and they um, you know, when you put something out, then you have to deal with the positive comments and the negative comments and like just putting your art on the internet and and leaving it up to a million people. That's, that's a lot of pressure. And I have a lot of respect for people who grow those really, really big audiences and have the mental fortitude to continue um, creating. And I think what I wanted to really address in this podcast is, you know, the concept of burnout, it happens across the board, whether it's creating content or starting a company, like you hear that term in startups all the time, the concept of burnout, how it happens, Um, and then how to either prevent it or, you know, move on from it. What's like the next iteration once you have burnt out.
1: So I don't know if we need to go into burnout too much to explain it. I think it's pretty self-explanatory, right? You get frustrated, you get tired, you're stuck, you're angry, and you don't necessarily know how to get out of it.
0: Yeah. I mean, when, when was the time, I guess, do, do you consider like what we just went through burnout, which one just in the past couple of weeks? Did we, did we burn out? I would say so. So like, and at what point were you aware that we were burning out?
1: Leading right up to going to Buffer Fest, like literally in the car on the way
0: there. Right. Yeah. So it's interesting because, because I would say it, it took a long time to recognize, at least for me, that we were like in a situation where it was like, whoa, we, we need to take a step back. And I think that happens across you know, across the board with any idea, because you, you, you usually think the answer is to go harder, right? Like, and to and to go more aggressive. If something's not working, like, do more of it. And I think that's 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 what I wanted to address, is like, you know, maybe there's people out there who are creating right now and are kind of like, you know, potentially going through something that's really challenging, but thinking that the answer is to, like, invest more of their time into it and, like, go deeper into it.
1: Yeah, and I think to further explain our specific burnout, on our channel, we were really trying to make our channel a business, right? A lot of our decisions were based off strategy. Our background on YouTube is building a business on YouTube, right? So that's kind of how we started to really look at our channel, especially when some of our videos started doing better than others. I think it's, it's smart to take a look at your videos and see which ones are doing better than others, but you don't have to live or die by the view count, by the likes, by the comments. One of the first things we heard when we got to BufferFest was a panel and two YouTubers were talking about how YouTube is a sketchpad, right? That it's a place where you can put out whatever you want and you can mess up. But just like a sketchpad, you just turn a new page and try again. And the thing about a sketchpad is it's personal to you. This YouTube channel, Colin and Smear, is our YouTube channel that you open up to everyone to look at it's very different than the lacrosse network mm-hmm. The lacrosse network, which we spent years building and are still on is a, is a business. It's a sports network, right? The and Smear channel is very different.
0: Yeah. And I think that that also goes like now talking about preventing some of this stuff. That's all about expectations because going into it, if your expectation is I'm going to build a business, of course you're going to operate it in that way. Um, and that when it's like a personal artistic expression, those immediately, conflict, just cause like you're making certain decisions based off, um, you know, like you said, strategy or data or different ways, and then they might not actually be some of the decisions you want to make personally. And so the, like the expectation I think was when we started that this was, you know, the channel is going to be a big piece of our business. Um, and today I think that, you know, in, it can change so quickly, but in, t- you know, two weeks later we're like, wow, actually, you know what? We need to take a step back and treat this a lot more like it's just like you said, a sketch pad, a place for us to create. And that's, that's been completely uh, a perspective shift that has changed everything.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was the weight that was truly lifted at Bufferfest was watching video after video after video that was just true self-expression and these creators being extremely vulnerable and open about what they were going through. It was all about just connecting with other people. And I'm not saying that our channel is not that. It's still us being open. But our mindset, I would say in the two months leading up to Buffer Fest was very just, this is all about strategy. How do we turn this into a business? Because that was our background. And I think it's easy to fall into that.
0: Yeah. And, and I mean, even before business, I think it was like, how do we turn this into like an audience? Because you know, when you get 200,000 or 250,000 views on a video, it's super exciting. And like, you want to do that again. Mm -hmm. And when it doesn't work, it's like, that didn't work. Okay. Let's try something else. And you really think about it this all happened in this matter of 3 months whereas our first content company and building a channel took 6 years. Yeah. And like we we you know ha- not having the patience also can lead into that.
1: So much of it is about patience. Yeah. We are extremely impatient. Yeah. Naturally you and I are guys that like to do different things like it's I think it's tough for us to commit to one style. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just naturally like to switch it up. And yeah. that may not be the best practice for YouTube. Or for building an audience.
0: Yeah. Was this the first time you felt like that?
1: No. It was the first what? time I felt it to the extent. I don't think I've ever been so shook as I was yeah. after what?
0: Buffer Fest. When was the last time?
1: Man, it would be tough for me to come up with a specific moment. If you have one, let me know. And I could I probably build off that.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I have one. But I do remember you know something that's really interesting. That right before our company was acquired right mm. before our company was bought, all of us, the, all the team members were kind of talking in the direction of like going our separate ways. Oh, I definitely remember that. Yeah. And, and
1: it wasn't necessary. like it that, that th- didn't feel like burnout to me though. During that time, that was like, man, we've given this everything we have. I feel so confident about what we've done here. I've learned so much from building the lacrosse network that if everything were to end tomorrow,
0: like, man, that was a dream. That's true. That's true. I don't, I I don't remember anything similar to this, actually.
1: I remember being extremely burnt out on some of the production trips because I used to go by myself a lot and just being really stressed and saying after every production trip, this is the last one I'm going to do. I remember talking to my mom all the time being like, this is the last time I'm going to do this. And I wasn't angry at you or at the lacrosse network or anything. I was just angry that like I had put myself in a position to be burnt out again and the only thing I needed to do was after it happened once, communicate with you right. about how it needs to be fixed. But I didn't do that.
0: So th- there's like another great opportunity is um, and it's so hard to have foresight. I can't even like I, it's so hard for me to even talk about having foresight because it's, it's, it's really challenging. But putting a realistic expectation of like when you ha- take on a creative project, like how big of a mountain is this? Do, do you need help to do it? Do you need support to do it? Do you need it? adequate amount of time to do it. We've done so many things where, you know, you and I agree to do something in a really short period of time. That's actually something that needs like
1: months. (laughs) Give an example,
0: uh, road to the Rockies, making a multi-part web series. Anything recent though, you think? No, I think we've been much better about that. Yeah. But I think those are times that, that we can feel really burnt out. I mean, I think we put, we put a lot of self created guidelines on ourselves for the YouTube channel that were really impossible. Given the situation we were in, like, man, we want to make X amount of videos per week or we want to make this video um, and we wanted to make it really, really, really good. But we also had 10 other projects happening at the same time. So then we were sitting in our office at midnight editing, um, not having a good time. And that's, you know, I think that's those are things that having realistic expectations on the way in is really important.
1: To add to that in terms of expectations, our expectations are really high. I don't think anyone believes in us more than we believe in ourselves. (laughs) And we've believed in ourselves for years, truly years, Mm -hmm. that we're going to be huge. Tons of people are going to watch our videos for years. I've always felt that way. And I know we've had some success, but it never feels, I guess, like as much as we imagine ourselves having And so I think now as we get older, you're settling into like a life, I think when you get closer to 30, you're settling into a certain type of life that foreshadows your future. It feels like that. It feels like there's pressure to like get to a certain spot, right? That like is going to be comfortable and is going to be your fit the way the next 10, 15 years are going to look like. And so I think we become increasingly impatient. Our expectations are still really high. And so when we put out a video and it doesn't do well,
0: it's like, ah, yeah. And and this is a like putting out a video is completely different than selling a t-shirt, right? Or selling a product. Like you have some idea of how it's going to do, how valuable it is to an audience. Um, but it's not that simple. It's not like here's a t-shirt. I think this t-shirt is designed cool. I think a certain group of people will like this t-shirt. It cost me $3 to make and I sell it for $10. That's like, a, a simple yeah. transaction. If you sell it, you've succeeded. Yeah, and if, if people buy it, you've succeeded. But you make a video and you're like, okay, I think this one's pretty good, and it gets ten thousand views. Like, was that a success or? And really, where is it
1: all leading? Like, yeah, even if over the course of a year you make a hundred videos and you increase a little bit more after like each video. Where where are we trying to go? Again, like we're 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 trying to make a career out of this, right? Yeah. So we would talk a lot during. These two months leading up to Bufferfest, about what are we going to become? Are we trying to be hosts? Are we trying to be
0: filmmakers? What are we trying to be? Yeah, and th- that's a question that has been asked for I think years now. We sat two years ago maybe in my apartment and tried to map this out, and uh, I think that's a, that's still a really interesting question because we we enjoy so many different. Are
1: bases. we trying to have a skateboard company? Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We've tried so many different things that interest us. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think I think, you know, just just to shift back to like mental health and, and burnout, um, which has been a, a common topic. Dan Mace from three, six, eight made a made a video about this. Um, you know, Casey's made videos. Sam Sheffer recently deleted Twitter because he, yeah. he, he felt like that was like too much. Um, pressure and, and different things. So and, and a lot
1: of that is just dealing with comments. I know for Sam Sheffer it was comments. Right. I'm sure for El Mills a little bit of it was comments.
0: Well when we we were in New York, we were talking to Sam about comments too, about YouTube comments and just like how do you deal how do you deal with such a such an aggressive group? YouTube commenters have to be the most aggressive group there is.
1: Yeah, and it's part of the deal when you put yourself on the internet is just understanding that there may be 50 really great comments, but there's probably always gonna be one negative comment. And that one is the only one that you'll
0: remember. For sure. And, and almost the one that you're like searching for. Mm-hmm. Like when you go and look in the comment section, you're like searching for one um, out of there that like sticks out to you. Especially if it rings true a little bit. Yeah. If it's something that you
1: had maybe thought of before or it's an insecurity that you've had, you immediately think, wow, everyone thinks this.
0: Yeah. Actually, Casey said that on um, oh, couples yeah. therapy, yeah. where he was saying that the ones that hurt the most are the are the ones that are true, where like, if someone makes a, a dig at his editing and is like, wow, like the music really didn't line up on this one. This sucks. Yeah. He's like, ah, that's true. Like I did, I did, <laughs> I did, I did have to edit this one quickly and yeah. the music didn't line up. Like, you know, that's, that's like the toughest is when it's when someone digs at you and it's true.
1: How do you deal with negative comments? Keeping yourself sane. Oh,
0: man. I mean, in the beginning, it, it was challenging, and they would really affect me, and I would be, like, really wanting to comment back, um, and sometimes I still want to do that.
1: We talk but, about commenting back all the time. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> we but, just don't.
0: But then you start to sink into the fact that once you, again, once you, once your expectation is that that's going to happen, like, when, when we put out a video now, in my mind, the auto is like, oh, there's going to be a ton of negativ- negativity that comes back, Definitely. and then when it's so small, like, it's so minuscule, like and it's not that big of a deal, then it's like, okay, that's... It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. And again, like I actually don't look at the comment section very often anymore.
1: Yeah. I don't I look, look at it. it as much as I used to.
0: Right. When the video comes out, I usually look in the first few hours. I haven't looked on our last video since the first day.
1: Yeah. Um, I scrolled through it. I mean, it's, it's fun to see what people yeah. have to say. It's like one of the best parts about YouTube. You just have to understand that. Like if you're going to go through the comments, you're going to read some bad ones. Yeah. That's true.
0: So n- negative comments are uh, something that can definitely add to pressure. All this stuff adds to pressure. I think um, watching other people is, is something that I think adds a lot of pressure to situations. I mean, forget being a creator. I think it adds a lot of pressure to like life situations like Instagram. Um, totally.
1: Specifically. At all times, I'm served people who I consider to be like more attractive than myself, more intelligent. More successful. And it's just the appearance of such. Right. But I'm seeing that and taking that in at all times. I can't imagine what it must be like for kids in high school to know all this. Like, I was so wonderfully unaware of how I looked in high school and
0: college. Right. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine having Instagram in high school. We had Facebook my senior year, and that was like the craziest thing that ever happened. I mean, we had MySpace before that. Yeah. So we definitely had places to like put up content and see what other people were doing. But I think Instagram is, is a huge one that's um, adding to a lot of like mental health situations for people. Um, just because it's like the hyper curated version of someone's life that's like the best of. And then you log on, you, you consume it every hour of like everyone living their best life. And you're like, am I not living my best life? What's happening? Why don't I have that? Cool ceramic coffee mug and like why well, don't you know it's always mean? a like, cool ceramic coffee mug yeah. or
1: like an expensive candle <laughs> yeah. You know,
0: but I think also as YouTube creators,
1: you know, what? it's not just the expensive candle It's that the person who posted it made the candle, right? Yeah, you know that like now they're getting into candle making yeah. and it's an organic candle <laughs> and you're like, come on
0: Yeah, that's true. I think I think as YouTube creators Watching other YouTube creators can be uh, challenging and create a lot of pressure too. Like yeah,
1: I, I, I do it less now.
0: Yeah, I think I mean, I mean like it's 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 interesting because like you get you get kind of competitive with it Like oh man, this person did X amount of views on that video and we only did this many views We or, said that
1: on the way to Bufferfest. We were driving over to Bufferfest and we we're like uh, We're just gonna be angry because we're gonna think like we should have a video up there Which yeah. is a ridiculous mindset to have that is and the second we got there We were just like thankful that we were invited because it was so good and like the creators were so open yeah. Right? Like that was our mindset going over.
0: Totally. Like- we, we generally go to film festivals angry <laughs> because we're like, God, why haven't we done this yet? Yeah. Why haven't we put a film out yet? You know, that's, that's kind of our default when we go to festivals. So that, that's how we felt going into this one and total opposite feeling coming out of it. Yeah. Total opposite. And, and again, I think like, I don't think I fully realized how burnt out we were until we sat down in those chairs and watched those films.
1: Yeah. I mean watching El Mill's video, I like straight up cried. Yeah. Watching her kind of like freak out in front of her computer and like try and talk to her fans and like have conversation when when she was having a conversation with her mom, like it was like a voice yeah. message or something, and she's just talking about how stressed she is. Like I was just crying. Yeah. Because I
0: realized how stressed I'd felt over the past two months and how unsuccessful I'd felt. So there I think there's a there's a big piece right there. Again, whether you're being a trying to become a YouTuber, a content creator, an artist or an entrepreneur, um, or you're just working at a company and you're starting to feel burnt out. I think, I think it's a mix of, of pressure and, um, pressure I think creates the illusion of failure a lot of times. I think when you put so much pressure on yourself, then you hold yourself to a really high standard and then failure can come in so many shapes and forms that it would have never come before. Um, so how do you, how do you keep yourself on track? Like how do you what do you think the strategy is moving forward now that we've we've recognized this, of like what is what does creation look like now for us?
1: I think it's going to come down to like incre- increased communication with you and I about like what our goals are, what we're doing. Um, for me personally, it comes down to, I think like working out more, taking better care of myself we've talked about this. A lot of the people that I admire have therapists. I don't have a therapist. I think it'd be great to go mm-hmm. through some therapy. I think that's like
0: important. Yeah, I think, I think that's really important. I think, I think today for sure, like someone, I don't know who said this to me, but someone said about like having a, if you want to have a really strong, I don't know if you, if you want to get strong in the gym, you know, a good path to that would be to have a personal trainer. If you want to be a really good athlete, you'd have a personal trainer. So you want to have really good mental health and mental stability, get like a, the equivalent of that, which is a therapist. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I agree with that. But I think that also uh, goes back to a video we made a long time ago, which was about the difference between being productive and busy. And the concept that like to make better YouTube videos or to make better films, um, working out is a part of that, right? Like spending two hours in the gym uh, in the morning will make better videos rather than spending 8 hours editing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Even though that's actually the craft that will get to the finished product of like the video or the film, but putting yourself in the right situation to succeed is actually more can be more productive than what traditionally would feel productive, which is editing more, waking up earlier to edit or to to go get it done. Yeah,
1: I find that after Buffer Fest, sort of in line with working out, I also feel the desire to do things other than just make videos, whether that be draw or basically for me, just drawing. Right. Um, Or graphic design, something I used to do all the time. With Lacrosse Network, we were always coming up with shows or uh, new brands and I was designing all the time. And that was like an interesting break from making a video where I could really just focus for three hours on designing and it works different muscles in your mind. Right. And then making a video.
0: Yeah. The funny thing is, you know, after Buffer Fest, we kind of looked at each other and and realized we needed a change in perspective or we had immediately had a change in perspective. Just after that night, we kind of took a deep breath and we're like, man, okay, there's actually no pressure. Like we're just making videos because we like to make videos. And uh, the reality is, you know, I I sometimes have to sink back and be like, wow, this is such a cool and fun thing we get to do. We we get to spend our, our days creating whether it's like this podcast or videos and, you know, we had talked about this concept of YouTube as a sketchpad and, and just creating whatever we want. You know, we've spent six years of our lives, um, you know, working in a, in a space and, and giving ourselves that opportunity. Now, you know, I wouldn't, not everyone who sets out to go out and, and become a filmmaker or whatever can just like spend their days making fun YouTube videos just because, you know, like we, we have, we have now had that opportunity Um, to not treat our our youtube channel as the primary business and to just create how we want to create so after buffer fest we kind of had this change in perspective but we didn't stop making videos we made a lot of videos in the past two weeks yeah well we made
1: a ton uh for the lacrosse network for new balance we were on espn we were on espn
0: yep So, and then we just made a, a video recapping something really interesting is that I think once we, once we changed this perspective, we've had a lot of interesting meetings and a lot of opportunities now to create the stuff that we want to create. And, and funny enough, and we've grown in subscribers, and we've grown bit. in subscribers. And that's the funniest thing to me that like when we were trying our hardest, we couldn't grow. I mean, how many subscribers did we lose over
1: those two months that we were really stressed? A lot. Like 20,000, 20,000 plus. Yeah. And we were stressed. We're putting out videos. Every time we put out a video, we would lose subscribers. (laughs) We were just like, man, like we are so at the mercy of this platform. Who knows what's going to happen with it? So I think to go to buffer fest and then realize that like, look, this platform is just a place for you to put your art. Right. That's it. Yeah. If it turns into a business, that's great. And, and like we do know a lot about turning it into a business. It's not like it's not part of the plan But the pressure we were putting in it was mm-hmm. just too much
0: Yeah, and the funny thing is day to day Not much has changed. We're actually still creating quite a bit, you know put out a video um, This week we shot a video today. We're gonna shoot a video tomorrow We're actually still creating quite a bit, but our mentality has changed completely and I think my recommendation to anyone who's feeling uh, burnt out or overwhelmed with a creative project or just any project, just take a step back and really look at the the perspective and, and see, is, is there an opportunity to actually just shift your perspective, um, you know, and start making decisions from a relaxed state? Because that's, that's when the, like, at least for, for me, a lot of the best decisions, if not all come from like a very relaxed mental state when I'm in like my flow, then, then totally. I can like actually make, a decision that I'm really happy about and excited about, um, when it's pressured, you're actually just constantly thinking of solutions. Um, and when you're always thinking of solutions, it's not always, then you're always assuming there's a problem and there's like, yeah, it's, it's, uh, we didn't have a problem. Yeah. We didn't have a problem, but we were, but our assumption yeah. was
1: that there was always a problem every day and it had yet to be solved.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, and and that's very, uh, on, that's very entrepreneurial, right? That's very like startup-y where yeah. like you're going into a business and like you, you do need to solve a problem every day and have a lot of pressure if you've raised money or whatever. We didn't have any of those situations. No. So I know, Nor do we still, like today, we don't have those situations. I think too, even if you're not a creative, but you're on
1: social media a lot and you're feeling like you're not where you want to be because of the things you're seeing on social media. You wish you could be this or you wish you could be that. I had a really interesting experience. I went home for a wedding about a month ago uh, for a friend of mine that I went to elementary school with. So a lot of his friends were people I hadn't seen in like 15 plus years, had not talked to or seen in 15 plus years. And I got to the wedding and a lot of these guys who I hadn't talked to in ages were like, man, you're the most interesting person I follow on Instagram. You've got all this stuff going on. They're talking about things that I'd done. And that was peak burnout for me going home during that time, I remember just thinking like, wow, this is not a real interpretation of who I am or what I'm going through right now. It's just so fascinating. Mm-hmm. The perception that people can have. And I, I get it. I mean, you know, Instagram is a place to sort of put your best work and your best moments. It's not a place to go to be sad, yeah. right? Like that's not why it's there. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not saying it should change, but just having the understanding that that's what it is. And, and people have said this before, but that was a real moment for me when I was like, wow, I'm kind of one of those people that may be putting out some sort of image that makes someone feel a certain way. Right. And yeah, little do they the know car. that like, I felt like shit during that time. Right. About like who I was and what I was doing and like where my life was going, <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah. And, and that's mo- most likely across the board. So again, like we're, we're like, you know, have had a lot of life or not a lot, but we've had a decent amount of life experience and we're a little bit more mature. Again, I can't imagine being 15 years old and dealing with how much stuff is on Instagram where you're perceiving what the other person is doing and you're starting to like put that on yourself and being like, I don't do anything interesting. I don't do anything uh, worth posting about.
1: Yeah, I would hope I would be like mature enough to just not even have an Instagram (laughs) Right, like one of the kids we met. Oh man, that was interesting. Yeah. When we were at the lacrosse championships in Boston with the Lacrosse Network, there was a young kid who we talked to who watched TLN, and we asked him, "We're like, what's your Instagram?" He's like, "I don't have Instagram. I'm too busy playing lacrosse."
0: I was like, "Wow,
1: that is an enlightened little guy." (laughs) That's really cool. I'm
0: just trying to not open Instagram as much. (laughs) I'm I'm trying trying to limit my consumption. Trying to limit as much as possible. Um, Yeah. So, so moving forward, I think in terms of strategy, like when, now when I think about this, I'm so glad it happened when it happened, like just for us, just to, you know, look at, look at ourselves and really think about like, God, man, what, what are our goals? What do we want to do? And realizing like, man, make, making cool videos is really like the most fun part. There's a lot of like companies and brands who've given us the opportunity to make cool videos and that's insane. That's like so amazing and so cool. And we now have the opportunity to just make cool videos on our own YouTube channel. And that's that's like such a fun idea a- and really shift in perspective where the pressure is off and just, you know, no, no real posting schedule right now. Just kind of like whatever we're really passionate about, um, you know, we're 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 creating and right now, um, you know, we're working on this this video. We met this guy, Red, who created this awesome book about Kanye's tweets. I was so fired up about it. Still am very fired up about it, making a video about it. And I just can't wait. I can't wait to edit. I can't wait to get home and, and, and start editing it.
1: Yeah. And I would say like a real representation of, of this shift in mindset on our channel, if you go to it now, the top shelf just says our favorite videos. And they're kind of just the ones that we're the most passionate about. They're not the ones that got the most views, but just ones that we were really excited from start to finish. Mm-hmm coming up with the idea, filming it, editing it, putting it out.
0: Yeah, and I think, like, as, as long as we stay on the path of, of just creating what we want to create, it'll lead us into the opportunities that we want, um, you know, and, and and we'll just see what happens. Like, right now, we have the opportunity to just create and just make what we think is cool and what we think is fun, and th- wherever that takes us, that's that's the direction we want to go.
1: Yeah, and the reason we have that opportunity is because our like our actual job, what we do, is make videos right now for other people. Mm-hmm. We get the luxury of making them for ourselves mm-hmm. as well on our channel, which is great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's kind of the concept. Like, you know, watching a lot of these videos, I'm sure you'll see some of them pop up. If you check out El Mills' video, um, I think it's called Burnt Out at 19." Yeah. Yeah. Burned out at 19. Um, Dan Mace made a video about mental health, like check out some of these videos and just, just, uh, I think whether or not you're going through it or have gone through it, you know, it's something to keep in mind because whatever project you're working on, it's possible that it could happen. If the pressure starts mounting up and, and you start feeling a certain way, it's like very possible to get burnt out and, and being burnt out. Like when you're, when you're in the middle of it, like it's, it's no way to be, um, creating and it's no way to be living. It's, it's a, it's a very, uh, a lot of a lot of pressure and a, and a very strange place to be.
1: It makes everything tougher.
0: Yeah, it makes everything tough.
1: Yeah, and the main—I mean, we gave a few points of advice here, but for me, I just like take a deep breath, walk around, take a step back.
0: <laughs> yeah, take a step back. Yeah, and and uh, do things that that make you relax. Like right now, um, I'm really enjoying. Like we we ha- we somehow are creating the same amount, but have way more free time.
1: I know. I don't know what we were doing.
0: Like it's amazing. Right now, we're creating a really similar amount of content that we used to create, but we have way more free time. And in that free time, I've decided to uh, watch the new season of Jersey Shore. Great. It's been, I've heard heard it's great. It's been, it's been, uh, well, actually it started out terrible. Oh yeah. It started out really bad because they're all old and have kids now.
1: Well, you know, I don't want to make you feel bad, but (laughs) in the time that you've been watching Jersey Shore, uh, I've been working
0: out. Yeah, you have been. So every day for the
1: past seven days, mind you. I've also been working out. Yeah. samir has been yeah. working out for years. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've just gotten on this train.
0: Yeah, yeah. But back to Jersey Shore. It's uh, yeah. It's it's been great. I've laughed a lot every night. I've laughed. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. I love it. It's great, man. Yeah, and and so what you can expect from us on our YouTube channel in the coming weeks, like check out some of the the videos that we're gonna make. Um, you know, we're, we we have a lot of different ideas, and we're just excited to to create. And uh, we've met a lot of amazing creators along the way. We, you know, we spend time with uh, Matt Diavello, who's been on the podcast in New York. We spend time with Sam Sheffer, um, who is awesome. And Jack, Jack Coin's always like a amazing, just breath, all time. Yeah. Fresh air. And just a guy who's like smiling at all times. We met Marlon, mm-hmm. uh, who's amazing. He's the UPS driver uh, who delivers to um, Casey Neistat studio and, and 368. It's just like meeting all these creators along the way. is just like incredible and just really sinking back into the fact that we just want to create really cool stuff that people connect to.
1: Yeah. And not only have we been able to meet creators in real life over the past two weeks, but one thing that has been constant over the past two months is our weekend film fest. And that's something where we give a a prompt or a challenge out for people to join in on Twitter and make a video over the weekend and send it our way. And that's, a really cool way to connect with people a little bit more so than just like reading a comment we get to actually hear their stories and see their videos
0: yeah it's an awesome way if you if you feel creatively stuck or like you really just want to try something out it's an awesome space to do it my favorite part about it is the community and watching everyone who submits from weekend film fest commenting on other people's stuff and giving feedback and just like it is the nicest so cool.
1: community of creators I highly recommend yeah just one weekend try it out follow us on Twitter every Friday we'll put the prompt out you'll make a one minute video upload it to Twitter and hashtag weekend film fest and it's truly an inspirational
0: community of people it's really awesome so a little bit of a different episode this week we wanted to talk about you know some stuff that's personal to us and what we've been going through and um, it's been really interesting to you know keep creating through this process and And to have everyone who follows along, whether it's the podcast or the YouTube channel or wherever you've been following us, um, everyone who who's been following along. Thank you so much. It's 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 awesome. And we are going to um, keep creating across all platforms. Probably just a ton of different kind of stuff. So, (laughs) yep, we will be in all of it. We will be. That's what you can count on. Yeah. We hope you're able to pull something for yourself on this conversation about burning out. Whether you're a creative trying to make a film or working at a startup or any sort of company, burning out is something that can happen when you create way too much pressure for your creation. Hopefully you feel like you know both of us a
1: little bit better after that. And if you ever have any questions for us, you can always send them our way on Twitter. Our handle is at Colin and Samir.
0: And if you've been enjoying the show, make sure to rate and review the podcast. And actually, next week, we're going to do a Q&A, and we're going to pull the questions from the reviews of this podcast.
1: So the way that will work, you leave a review on our podcast and type your question right there in your review.
0: And we will pull from the questions. And next week, we're going to get kind of experimental with this format of the podcast. Stay tuned.